Welcome to Politics okay. Done Right. I'm Egberto Willis, your host. Good morning, Houston. Good morning, Northeast, Southeast, Texas. How's everybody doing this morning? I know this is probably the day that many of you are on vacation. I hope if you are, well, celebrating the holiday of the establishment of this great country. How art thou doing? I trust all's doing just fine. How are my peeps in the control room? El Senor Howard Reynolds and Jack Van Beber. Good morning, folks. Well, I woke up with a pulse this morning, Egberto, so I guess I'm going to be This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Okay. That means it's Actually, going to be I woke, great. I, I woke, woke up pretty good this morning, uh, and uh, I'm going to keep with the tradition of going against the grain a little bit. Yes. <laughs> and, and, okay, uh, wait, wait, John, jo- jo- Jack, Jack, Jack. Let me, let me give you the proper introduction for a man of your stature. We well, are about you, to hear Jack Van Beber's morning statement. Hey. <laughs> Okay, I was told that I was supposed to disturb the comfortable and comfort the disturbed. So this week, I'm going to kind of talk about war as a means of business. As we celebrate our independence, I'm asking the question, have we become empire and are we using wars to control well, I'm pretty disturbed this morning, Jack. Where's my comfort? Well, <laughs> let's get off mic. <laughs> Let Egberto have a show. Okay. But, but, but I just want to tell uh, tell my brother, Jack Van Beber, we are, are we an empire? Yes, we are an empire. An empire does, uh, you know, an empire isn't, a lot of people look at it as implicitly a bad thing. I, you know, just like they look at dictators as a bad thing, I'm going to say something that Panamanians are going to really, some Panamanians are going to really get on my case for. But in the case of Panama, uh, we've had dictators and we've had purportedly democratic uh, democratic leaders as well, both of them. And I think the person who had done the best for Panama, the country, was somebody called uh, uh, Omar Torrijos Herrera, who was the guy who got the Panama Canal Treaty, the new treaty signed uh, for uh, the ch- turn of the century. And again, democracy requires a, a, an educated population because certain things that one needs to do uh, in a democracy, because democracy is the people's choice, uh, an uneducated people don't always make the right choice. A good dictator may make a good choice. A bad dictator is always horrendous. So I mean, there's a lot of um, there are a lot of caveats right out there. Uh, so I mean, um, like I said, some folks are going to say, "I can't believe you said that." Sometimes honesty is the best policy. Uh, now we here in the United States are a purported democracy. 
And uh, the interesting thing about it is what many have been doing, uh, Brother Van Beber, is trying. uh, And by the way, America is a very or was a very educated country uh, over the years. And what has been happening with a lot of our plutocracy was to do exactly the opposite, ensure that Americans would become uneducated and in the process of doing that creating an autocratic system unfortunately not all autocrats well rather most autocrats are not good if you had a good autocrat hey maybe things would kind of look up for a lot of people and people look up to that but on the fourth of july is coming up now and i have a lot of stuff that i want to uh, say relative to the supreme court the fourth uh, of july ultimately is in the background America is a great country. America, I repeat, is a great country. America had its genesis in a lot of, a lot of evil. America had its genesis in a lot of good. Uh, and this is not just America. This is absolutely every country had its good and its bad. The one important thing that I think we should use the 4th of July for is to is not to revere the founders of this country, but to look in the mirror and revere who we are, or what, who we have been. I have to make sure and get the tenses correctly. Who we have been becoming, which is better people over time. In all these instances, we've had drawbacks, we've had drops, We've moved forward, we've moved backwards. But as you know, I think I, I mentioned a documentary that a group of us made one time to, called uh, uh, Demo- uh, uh, Liberating Democracy or something of that nature. Uh, where it's not, liber- I, I can't, I'll tell you what the, the title is later on. But the idea being that as we moved forward as a country, it was we, the people, who constantly had to fight against different forms of our institution to move forward. And, and it never stops. It is happening again. Uh, when we, we look at the MAGA, the Trump era that we're in right now, many people are throwing their hands up. They, I can't believe this is happening. Is this the end of America, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It could be. But also what's very possible is what Americans have always done as we move forward. And that is as we got the bumps as we've got the traitors, as we've got the charlatanes, have we got all these bad folks that have come along? The goodness of many different folk in this country have always come across in the long run to make it a little bit better than before, to make it who we really aspire to be. Uh, th- th- this country, when they talk about it being a country of immigrants, it is a country of immigrants. Absolutely everybody except the natives. And even the natives came over, many believe, the Bering Straits from the other parts of the world, given that we know civilization did begin in Africa. The migrations, everybody in this part of the land are, in fact, immigrants. Even, even, the, the, even the original natives, in, though they have more claim to here than everybody else. But again, a great nation that we have to continue working on as a great nation. And to do so, to do so, we first have to come to that acknowledgement of people, of 
immigrants, all of us, those that are here, 10 generations, you are, your genesis is that of an immigrant. You have no better claim than anybody else coming here. No better claim. You may be, some of you may have been here a bit longer, but again, immigrants, immigrants, immigrants. Now, uh, today's show's title, Plutocrats slash Scotus are winning. AOC nails the Supremes. Christie tags Trump and Biden must act. Are we going to get to all of that? I don't know. It all depends on you all. It all depends if you call 713-526-5738, which is the call-in number, extension numero dos. Subtitle, the plutocrats' purchase of the Supreme Court and its rulings are almost complete. AOC nails the Supremes as she calls for strict oversight. Christie continues nailing Trump. Biden must act on SCOTA, SCOTUS being the Supreme Court of the United States. Um, l- let me tell you, I, again, I'd love to hear people's commentary, especially on you know, uh, the 4th of July, it's tomorrow, what we really think about our nationalism, etc. So give me a call, if you will, before we uh, and interrupt as you will, 713-526-5738. But remember, all the videos, and today we actually have, I think, five, five of them. Uh, we probably won't get to all of them, uh, but it's all tagged inside of our newsletter that goes out every morning at five o'clock. Uh, it's at politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. Before I start, remember, there are many ways to get this program. Of course, if you're on the dials, you can get it at KPFT 90.1 FM. Turn that dial to 90.1 FM and you are there. Alternatively, you can go ahead and download the TuneIn app and go to your Android or Apple store and to get that, of course, and, and find KPFT. And you can stream us on your phone through that application. Another way is go to kpft.org and listen to it live uh, by clicking the listen button. And when you're there, if you are so inclined to make sure that programs like ours still, I've always think about clicking that donate button to say we want to keep this community radio station alive because we know that we have in for being told here to feed our minds. And of course, you can watch the program. And if you watch the program with the video, you don't only hear the videos that I've clipped and put together and talked about, etc. You actually see the videos at facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. That is facebook.com slash KPFT Houston. And you can watch it on YouTube by going to politicsdoneright.tv politicsdoneright.tv. Anyhow, getting started. Uh, Just before the pandemic, and I think it was quite a bit before the pandemic, actually, uh, when we were at the old studio in in, uh, uh, our old KPFT studio, I did a piece titled, uh, uh, unfortunately, or let me see what's the title. I want to make sure and get the title of the piece right. It was called Republicans are setting up the courts for minority rule, even in a more progressive country. That was the title of that piece. And, you know, after I did that, I, I cut that clip out from the show uh, several years ago. 
Uh, this last Supreme Court session proves everything that was said several years ago. I think this clip is five years old. I put it up three years ago, but I think it's five years old. I want to, that, the first thing I want to do is I want to play that clip because it is where we finally got to. Scary, but it's where we finally got to. I think I got it queued up correctly here. So let's go ahead and play that clip. That piece that I played on the Constitution, when we talk about the merits of the Constitution, what I wanted to do with that argument about the Constitution and what Trump via McConnell is doing with the Supreme Court, with the district courts, with the circuit courts, is to explain something important to you. It's not enough for us to go out there and just say we want to win the presidency or we want to win this Congress seat or anything. We have to change the mold of the country, the psyche of the country, because there's so much that they know that most people don't. Like when McConnell is playing with the Supreme Court and playing with the district court and playing with the circuit court, a lot of people sit back and they don't think it has much impact on them. We are trying to establish a more perfect union. We are trying to establish a system that works for everybody, which means we no longer allow a plutocracy to take it all. But you know what? The American population is wising up, but they're already preparing for a wise population. And they're using the Constitution to prepare for that wise population. How so? Everybody who studied their government classes understand there's a judiciary, a legislative, and a uh, executive. The legislative makes the laws, the uh, executive executes the laws, and the judiciary interprets the law's constitutionality. Well, if we are going to win all these new elections and we are going to win the presidency, the only help the plutocracy could possibly have is the only undemocratic portion of the American system that was designed constitutionally, and that is the judiciary. The judiciary can take any piece of law that the legislative branch passes and the executive branch affirms and say a corporation who now owns all these judges can now say, well, that law is unconstitutional and it then cannot be implemented. We already have gerrymandering that has made the country a country that's not ruled by most. California has probably 40 million people or more, however million they have. And someone at the Dakotas have a few hundred thousand and both of them get two senators. Wow, that's a lot of power for a little bit of people. And now the Supreme Court is preeminent. The Supreme Court is... is it's undeniably the most powerful branch of the government. And a lot of people don't tell you that. They always talk about, oh, we have this, this, every, the checks and balances. There ain't no check against the Supreme Court unless we're going to then implement the difficult thing of call that's called impeachment. But constitutionally, you can only impeach judges with either three fifths or three fourths, three, I don't remember the number, which means you have to have a hell of a supermajority in Congress to do what you have to do. So, folks, the way they intend to destroy the Roman intelligent middle class is to do the constitutionally undemocratic thing and that is to use the courts and that is to use the courts I did that I think it, like I said I think it was five years ago uh, and as as Donald Trump faster than anybody of course now Biden has sort of mitigated that uh, they, they filled up the judiciary with a lot of incompetent ideologues in, during the Trump administration. And of course, Trump 
a four-year, a president that lasted one term, appointed three justices, one and a half of them being stolen. In other words, they stole number one and they stole number three, kind of, in that uh, when they appointed Barrett, I think it's Barrett, that the one that they, uh, it was during, again, just right before the election. So what I'm trying to say is the reason they are so concerned about that judiciary, about the Supreme Court, is that under the current terms, the only option that you can have when you know that the policies you don't support, Republican policies proper, when you know your policies are not, are not what America wants, and you know that you are electing a Congress and a president that more so than not decide that they want to support the American people. They want to make sure that American people get what they deserve. Then what it is? Well, you know, I did a TikTok last night because, I mean, I'm passionate about what's been happening to the Supreme Court. I'm passionate about what's happening in America because, I mean, for me, it's all about people. For us, it should always be about people. So um, I did a one-minute TikTok. I want to play the TikTok that I did last night because I, you know, I mean, it's funny. As soon as I threw it out, it was like, it got a thousand hits right away, right? I want, and it was like, for, for me, that said, this is why, you know, I'm glad that happens because we want people to know this stuff. So here is that TikTok, and then we'll go ahead and move on. But before I play that one-minute TikTok, I want to say, folks, please remember, 713-526-5738. What are your thoughts? Do you really understand what, what's being done in the Supreme Court? It's not about abortion. It's not about affirmative action. It's not about student loan. It is, those are very, very important. Those are rights all that were snatched away from us. Snatched away because six people said, that's what we can do. That's what the plutocracy wants us to do. That's what we will do. Right, but it's not about that. For all those, uh, those, uh, for all of MAGA that is chairing the demise of affirmative action, for all of MAGA that is that is out there thinking they don't want abortion. Of course, I have friends who are MAGA, and one of them recently daughter got knocked up, and you know what they did? They're MAGA supporting all this judgment, and they took their kid to where again? Ah, cross state lines, baby. And and I mean. But that's another story. And it's not only about student loan, even in as much as MAGA can be saying, great Supreme Court, but half of the folks that got hit or that will get hit if the president doesn't mitigate what the Supreme Court did with the student loan issue are not going to be Democrats. They're going to be Republicans and independents whose, fine, whose, whose personal economy was hit by the Supreme Court's decision. So you had a Supreme Court where the abortion decision hits women's personal economies, not only their bodies, but their personal economies. With the affirmative action, minorities from LGBTQ to Latinos, black people, uh, Asian, a lot of folks that, that, uh, that affirmative action didn't, didn't not 
didn't give an upper hand. It's not what it did. It said, recognize those, recognize all those who are qualified. So although those people's personal economies as the prejudices of some come to the realities. And then, of course, we have the loan. So folks, right now it, is, it may be affecting a particular group that the Supreme Court is now preeminent. But do remember, ultimately, it'll affect all. I'm going to give that a little bit more context after I play my, it's actually like a 42-second TikTok. Uh, here we go with it, my folks. Whether you agree with the recent Supreme Court decision is not the issue. What's new is that six of the nine justices on the court a supermajority with many of your recent decisions expose a flaw in our constitution. These six Supreme Court justices have shown that they will rule the nation irrespective of what the majority of Congress and the president we elect vote into law on our behalf. This means the United States is ruled by six conservatives and we will only get the laws and policies the billionaires demand that these justices allow. No to healthcare for all. No to family leave. No to living wage, no to subsidized daycare, no to a clean environment, no to renewable energy. That is what you get when you have six unelected justices that rule the nation. Check out more like this. Yes, that is what you get when you have six unelected judges appointed by a wannabe autocrat. Well, three of them have a wannabe autocrat. That is what we get. We get into office people who really has no care about the average person and they'll use whatever whomever they can to get that and right now for all MAGA my MAGA brothers and sisters and I love you guys I'm telling you I have no animosity against any and I repeat any American I don't care who you are I don't care if you're I have no animosity against any Americans because there's one thing I know that what the condition that we are in, the current state of degradation before we recover is not your fault. It is an orchestrated effort to dumbify a country to ensure that it will support that, that not which it's their own interests, but the interest of a few. The environment affects us all. A living wage, affect, if it doesn't affect us because we may be doing very well, it affects many in our families, people that we love. So whenever we are doing things that are anti-social, anti-helping our fellow man, remember that as you support that, as you support those particular types of policies, you're also supporting policies against people you purport to love against many times your own blood. 713-526-5738. 713-526-5738. I'd love to hear some of your voices. What's your thoughts? This actually has a direct effect on everybody that's listening to my voice. And there are things that we can do. And my question to all of you is, is there something you want to do? Do you want a change? Do you see, do you understand what we're talking about when we talk about what the Supreme Court, the current state of the Supreme Court, and what it means to us all? And again, like I said, for those 
that are that are that are ha- that they think they're happy for these decisions that are made. Remember, next they are coming for you. You know, I used to say for a, lo- a, a long time, people would look and say, "Well, you know what? Um, uh, we don't have to worry about that because that won't affect me." You know, we don't worry about civil rights because that doesn't affect me. We don't worry once a time, bunch of time. We don't worry about all these things that are affecting good people because it doesn't affect me. But I tell you what, brothers and sisters, I tell you what, because I, 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 I understand this from the core. At some point in time, it's come in for you. What is happening from a, a fisc, from, a, from a financial and economic point right now? From an economic point right now? Well, let's go ahead and bring somebody in before I, before I continue here. Ray, come on into the program, my brother. Good morning, good morning, brother Egberto. Buenos dias, hermano. How are you doing this morning? Oh man, uh been going through a lot, man. I just lost my mother last week, but Oh my god, I'm so sorry to hear Ray. I remember she was sick for some time. I I'm so sorry to hear you have my most sincere condolences, sir. Yes, sir. I appreciate it, but I know one thing she would have wanted me to do is continue to uh you know, to act in you know, in the spirit of my uh progressive you know, my mother was not an activist, but she was the one who inspired me to to be upset about the things going on. You know, me and my mother would vote every cycle together. That's how deep our relationship was. And we were we were serious about that. At some point, she couldn't even get out of the car. And, you know, due to, you know, the policies of uh, Chris Hollins, you know, we had the 24 hour voting and right. voting in the car and stuff like that. And she benefited from those policies. And, you know, um, I just want to, uh, say thank you for your condolences. Um, and, and to your point, uh, what you were saying, you know, we all felt what you felt in 2016 when people just slept on the idea that, you know, Donald Trump could be president. And not only that, the fact that there was a a population of people out there who were just apathetic to say it, oh, it wouldn't hurt. I mean, he's just the president. He can't do anything. He can only do so much. But people didn't understand what the end game was for the Republican Party with the Supreme Court. That court has been like the light of Mitch McConnell's eye since 2009. Yes. Obama was in office and people didn't understand what we were trying to do. We were trying to hold that power for Mitch McConnell when we voted for Hillary in 2016. But there was a lot of people that just did not understand the strategy of it. They just looked at it as, well, Hillary is not Bernie. You know, there was a lot of progressives that said, I like Bernie and Hillary is not Bernie. So I'm not going to vote for Hillary. I'm going to vote for Jill Stein or third party or something, you know. And that's another thing, you know, in our country, if you vote third party, you're pretty much voting Republican. In yes. A lot of cases. Yes. 
You know, Ray, um, w- w- earlier, I-, I don't know if you got the program from the beginning, but I played a piece that I did. I-, I think I put it on YouTube about three years ago, but I think I did it. If I'm not mistaken, I did it at the point when uh, when uh, McConnell was putting in, uh, stole that Supreme Court justice. And what I was trying to get across, uh, because, you know, he- here's the thing. Our schools, Ray, don't teach government and civics as it did before so that we can be educated to understand the power that we have in this government even as undemocratic as as a senate that we have as undemocratic as the election of the president is there is still a semblance of democracy in there if we have an educated population that knows how to use it and one of the things i was doing with that first piece that i did where i described the, the, the three branches of government and the undemocratic branch that is the Supreme Court was to try to put some fire under people to say, we have to be very watchful. We have to be very careful because just a few confused people can, can really hurt the country for a generation. Right now, unless Biden t- use another power he has along with the Senate and Congress, uh, you know, when when a good Congress gets elected in in uh, in in 2024, but unless he points out to a lot of not, uh, voters who think it's all lost now, unless he does that right now, it's a lost cause for a generation until people really start to feel the pain of what a plutocratic driven Supreme Court means, not just to the left, but ultimately to MAGA. It is something that we have to look. It's our job. Ray, I I love the story about you and your mother voting. I want other parents to go to their millennial kids that are apathetic, to their Gen Zs that are apathetic, to their Gen Xs that are apathetic, and do exactly what your lovely mother did with you, both of you having that camaraderie to together execute that which so many have fought for, Ray. We have to get back there. Your comments, Ray. I mean, it's basically that we have to make sure that we don't slip up and let these people take over again. The complacency of this country needs to stop. That's basically what happened in 2016. And I'm just hoping, cautiously optimistic that People are really awakened to what could happen if we don't protect this democracy. Let me it's so fragile. Let me tell you the, the the psychological game that's being played right now. You know as well as I know, uh, Ray, as well as our wonderful folks in the studio know. Woke is actually a good thing. Woke means you're smart. Woke means you're aware. Woke means you're aware of all things many others are not aware of. And what is it that's the big term used on, on the right now? Oh, they are just being woke. In other words, they're trying to create a complacency for ignorance. They're trying to make ignorance vogue. Um, you know, I, 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 you know there, there are many cultures that when, that, that when folks go ahead and say, I'm going to do something else, they, tr- they try to make it seem as it's a bad thing. To make ourselves smarter, a bad thing to be educated, a bad thing for all those things. And again, 
That's why they're the same thing that they did with the word liberal and they're trying to do with the word progressive. In other words, let's demonize those words that really are good for everybody. A liberal stuff, liberal policies aren't bad for conservatives. Progressive policies aren't bad for conservatives. It actually gives everybody their freedoms, everybody their freedoms economically, socially, and every other manner. But again, if we demonize the word, people don't aspire for it. If we demonize being aware, if we demonize being intelligent, suddenly, suddenly, folks don't want to be intelligent. Suddenly, they don't want these things. Ray, thank you so kindly for calling. And again, please accept my most sincere condolences. I, I revere the relationship that you had with your mother, that you were there voting together you have a wonderful rest of your day and my heart's with you brother and you and enjoy your holiday mr egberto thank you very much sir all right let's go ahead that was ray folks and we all send our condolences to a very uh good and aware young man augie come on in augie how are you doing today sir uh, good morning uh yeah uh like him my parents uh Weren't for one party or the other. When I left home, they told me, uh, make sure you know what you're voting for and who you're voting for. And, uh, they didn't tell me say, they didn't say one party or the other. And I was thinking about, uh, uh you also left out about Citizens United that the Supreme Court said, right, for people, except that they can't go to jail for any misdeeds they do, like other people can. And that, that was a real crazy decision. Okay, let me let me just let me just say there because um the, the idea behind Citizens United money is not uh, money is speech now, um I I that is what happens when you have a, a bought Supreme Court suddenly they'll tell you you know money is is money and money is not money is speech and corporations are people so you know we worked on with the move to amend on this on the 28th amendment the idea being to codify that money is not speech and that corporations not people but again we have to make the people aware before anything any of these things are got done sorry for interrupting you i just wanted to let you know that yes citizens united is very to understand the dangers of what citizens united did was very important go ahead augie yeah, but it, uh, it all started really World War II in Franklin Roosevelt when he was uh, running for his last term, uh, his last election. And uh, the unions, the socialists, the communists, the socialists and communists were valid parties in the early 1900s, but then they got kicked out. And uh, they told Franklin Roosevelt that we're not going to vote for you this fourth term unless the one percenters of that time pay taxes. In World War II, the middle and lower class not only paid taxes, they bought war bonds. And the idea, if we're going to go to war, then we have to pay for it, not our future generations, our current generation. Uh, so Franklin Roosevelt, uh, he was not going to get their support unless he got the one percenters. So he got him into his office and told these uh, DuPonts and Rockefellers and stuff, hey, the rest of America is paying for this war. You guys got to do your part. And so they want to know what their part was. He said, you'll be taxed. And they want to know how much. Roosevelt said, 100%. That knocked the wind out of that room. <laughs> and, but he said he was joking. He said, no, I'll make it 94 point something. It's like 95%. And that's why we had a great economy in the 50s and the 60s, because the one percenters were paying taxes. 
But uh, ever since the first Republican after that, Eisenhower and everybody else, all the other Republicans, they kept knocking the percentage down of taxes they had to pay until it's zero. But more than that, Rockefellers and DuPonts were not happy that they had to pay taxes, and they were smart. They knew it was the communists, the socialists, and the union, and they started going after them one at a time, silently. They went after the communists first, we had McCarthy, and then they started going after the socialists, and then they went after the unions, but they went after them one at a time, very smart. And the people were not aware of it. In the 50s and 60s, they were enjoying it, the rich were paying taxes. But then all, all of a sudden, now they're not. Now we're reaping what happened. And uh, it's people like you and others that had to wake up these Americans that they're voting against themselves when they vote Republican. You know what always surprises me, Augie? It always surprises me how the people that are more willing to protect the wealthy, they will, uh, it always surprises me that there's a group of folks that, you know, they, they, they revere the wealthy, not realizing that the wealthy doesn't exist without them. Uh, my, one of my other goals is, is to remove the deity or the, the kind of revere that we have for the wealthy, not because like, like I try to say, and this has nothing to do with wealth envy. Um, you know, as, as a business owner, uh, there are many times I had choices to make, which is one, you could take advantage or two, you could do what you felt was moral. And, you know, if you felt certain things were undeserved, you didn't do it, uh, most folks thought I was an idiot, but um, I, I, that's just how I feel. I, uh, the, the idea is one thing I can say categorically is the vast majority of the wealthy, and I say this with love, but they are parasites because most of what they do is something else. It's, it's sucking on the well-being, it's sucking on the works of everybody else. And unfortunately, too many of us will sit back there and protect the wealthy, fight for the wealthy, make sure that they don't pay the taxes because they believe the line that they are the ones creating jobs. They believe the line that somehow these are the, benev the, the benevolent ones in our society. When most of the benevolent people in the society is a, is, a, is a person you're sitting next to. You know, those are the people we need to learn to revere. I revere you, Brother Augie. I revere Ray. I revere uh, Jack Van Beber. I revere uh, uh, Howard. I'm, I'm trying. I'm pulling out of my mind. I, 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 I'm, I'm waiting for people to reach that state in their own person that they start looking at their fellow person doing something good, doing what's right, and revere that. And stop looking at Bill Gates or 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 uh, all these. See how easy I can forget the billionaires now because I don't really have much respect for them. Uh, you know, uh, forget about that. These guys are so great, and remember that what these guys you did was use an economic system that that legally knows how to take take advantage of the other. You know, uh, as an example, so I invent something, right? I invent something, and because I invent something, I have forever to make unlimited profits. Yes, it was something good for society. Our individualistic nature tells me, uh, and by the way, I did invent something, right? But it's just out there in the public domain, all right? 
to be exact, to control the RTS signal on, on a chip that wasn't designed to do that. And, I, and, and that's in the public domain. But uh, the reason I'm saying that is, but there are others who say, well, you know, I invented this thing and forever I will profit immensely over it. And I don't want to, pay, not realizing that no invention occurred in a vacuum, no creation occurred in a vacuum. And if there aren't others participating in that invention of your intellect or whatever, you couldn't make the money as you do. You see, we have a false reverence for the wealthy when it is just an economic system that allows within its structure for the wealthy to exist. Augie, anything else before I go to the next subject real quickly? Oh, yeah. Well, like you said, they don't respect us. Like Trump, there's a recording of him, uh, what he thought of his voters. Yes. And he disparaged them. And, but you didn't see it on Fox News. <laughs> you saw no. It on these, uh, I don't think you hardly ever saw it on anything else either. But there is a recording of what he thought of all the voters that voted for him. He, he didn't think much about them. And that's <laughs> no. the way the wealthy are, too. It's funny. Anyway, thank you very much for calling in, Augie. I have a six-minute one to play, but I'm going to hold back on that one and go ahead and take up El Señor Johnny. I'm not going to get to all of them, so please remember to go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. All the videos for the program are there. Oops, we accidentally dropped Johnny. Johnny, call back again, and since you're going to have to call back, I will play the six-minute one about Biden, and then by then I'll be ready to take your call, brother Johnny. Let's go ahead and do that. And then we'll come back and pick up Brother Johnny. President, uh, Biden seems to be living in another time. He's living in another, in another time when Republicans were, uh, Republican politicians were honorable. He's living in a time when one could trust the word of a Republican and that in as much as they were conservative, they believed at least in humanity. Yes, they believe in uh, this false notion of pulling yourself up by your bootstrap, even though that's not what that statement really ever meant. But they, they actually believe that somehow things weren't as skewed as they really are. History let us know. Historists, anybody informed in real history, understand the systemic nature of poverty, the systemic nature of all these things in our country. Even Biden acknowledges that, but he's such an institutionalist, he thinks that if he adds to the court, it will delegitimize the court. Well, the court is already an illegitimate institution that was stolen from those presidents who had their authority and the right to assign justices. It's already a stolen body. But listen to the president in the interview that he did yesterday. Uh, with uh, Nicole Wallace, I think it's prescient. We better change his mind or we better change the president. Roe and Casey are decided with justices appointed by Democrats and Republicans. Yes. And these opinions that land outside the range of, of public opinion in our country are super conservative majority decisions. They're 6-3 on Dobbs. They're 6-3 yeah. on affirmative action. Does it require, I mean, does your love and reverence for our institutions make you do a hard thing and look at shaking up the institutions? Will you look at court reform again? Well, I, I did look at the, here's two things. Before I got elected, while I put together a group of constitutional scholars, 
to try to expand the court, which I think is a mistake after all the, the judgment was that that doesn't make sense because it can become so politicized in the future. But so what I've done is I have in my appointments, I've appointed 136 judges and found ourselves in a situation where I pick people who are from various backgrounds. We've appointed more women to the appellate courts, black women to the appellate courts than every other president of American history. Not just Katanji Brown, but more than any across the board. We've also, um, I wanted to make sure that we had on the court, and Republicans have been appointed to the court by us as well. On the court, want to have public defenders. People have been on the other side of the equation. Mm -hmm. So that everyone is represented. There's a point of view to be able to be made. And, uh, and, but it's, but there's no, I have no hard test to say you must have this view. I never ask a, a nominee what's their position on A, B, C, or D. No litmus test. No litmus test. Do you worry that without court reform, this conservative majority is too young and too conservative, that they might do too much harm? Well, I think they may do too much harm. Um, but uh, um, I think if we start the process of trying to expand the court, we're going to politicize it maybe forever in a way that is not healthy. That you can't get back. That you can't get back. Um, and I think, look, I think maybe it's just the optimist in me. I think that some of the court are beginning to realize their legitimacy is being questioned in ways that hadn't been questioned in the past. And I think there's a concern on someone, maybe even the chief justice, that maybe, maybe we better. Well, in the independent legislature's decision, it looks like maybe Roberts had that in mind. I don't know. That. I don't either. <laughs> we, I, I, I hate to say this, but President Biden is absolutely wrong. Is absolutely wrong. Uh, the, 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 the statement that he makes where he thinks uh, it, it will be political or it would be seen that the court is political, that, that water has already left the dam. The court is political. It has always been political, but more so than now, than ever before. It is people used to try to have some semblance of some semblance of of neutrality. That is completely gone right now. And the only way to fight this issue is to fight this issue. The court must be fixed. And the only way to fix the court is for the president to do it. Uh, rather, it's for the Senate to go, uh, go, go ahead and start the process of creating to, uh, four more seats on that Supreme Court. It must be done because we have a generation of disaster coming. Like I said several years ago, Republican know that not, not, Republican politicians know that their policies are not wanted by most of the American people. And the only way for these policies to be effected is for there to be a Supreme Court that is doing exactly what it is doing right now, supporting PPP and all these other things for big government for the corporations and trying to get all the poor people, the people that have that have very little to do it right. Folks, it is time to make a change. It is absolutely time to make a change. Welcome to the show, Eric Hayes uh, uh, on, on, on the chat. Go ahead, Johnny, you are hot right now. Come on in. 
Well, I was cool before, but now listening to that Joe Biden clip, I'm hot all over again. <laughs> I was doing so well, and then you had to play Joe Biden's stupid logic. That's not why I called. Um, do you know when we get those uh, jury summonses, how you have to fill out the card, you're an age, and verify your age and all this stuff and your citizenship, and then they ask you near the bottom about your mental status and all that do we have to go to that? I don't recall when I show up to vote in the primaries in Texas. Is there a paragraph where we have, we have to verify that we're not mentally unstable and of sound mind and good character and all? Is it the same thing for voting as it is for jury service? <laughs> I don't think so, brother. <laughs> I don't think so. Okay, I could have sworn I had to. I thought I made a joke about that one time to the poll workers about uh, mental status, and I said I signed it anyway. <laughs> but why why I bring this up is because of and my condolences to Ray also for losing his his uh, mom, his mother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, my parents, their legacy before they died was voting for Donald Trump in 2016, and with in less than six months of voting for him, they both died. They died within a month or two of each other. Sorry and to hear that. Karma, I don't know if that's karma, because they were pretty old by then. But it occurred to me, listening to your talk with Ray, I thought about my mother's mental, mental deterioration in her final months. I'd have to go back and talk to my family, find out how long that's been going on. And if there's a suit involved uh, where I have standing to erase her vote for Donald Trump, considering that she wasn't of sound mind anymore. And who helped her vote? <laughs> man, I, you, come, you come up with some stuff sometimes, Johnny, I tell you, man. I, 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 that's why I love having you on. You get, today you're giving us some good levity, brother. <laughs> I've got enough problems with that. family. The last thing I need to do is start more stuff, but why not? No, don't, don't. I tell you what, I, I'm, take advice from Egberto this one time. Don't do that, brother. Let it, let it ride. You know, I, you know, I don't, I have family members who vote for, uh, vote against their interests. And I try to love, I try to love Angle. I, 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 tr the, the one, I, I gave a speech on, I, there's a Democratic club I went to and I, I was talking to them and I said, you know, they're, they're re so a, a couple of folks came after the thing and was, was talking about, but those people are so, and I'm like, hold it, hold it, hold it. You know, they think we have horns, right? Because I told them that in the speech, I said, they think we have horns and, you know, we can't go ahead there and, you know, and show them that we have horns because we don't, you know? So no, and, and, and also many of us think they have horns from somebody who comes from a family that have folks from all fa my family is, is my family looks like America, right? So I'm like, I know it, it's just who got to their brains first, Johnny, and it's how uh -huh. do we work on helping that? Well, they were both in nurse. They were both in nursing home in the in the final year or two of their lives. And uh, let me tell you, when I went to that nursing home. I wasn't shocked because, uh, as you probably recall, I wasn't an ombudsman for the state of Texas, and I had up to 14 nursing homes I was responsible for uh, overseeing in terms of patient right, or we don't call them patients. Well, they do secretly call them patients, but they're supposed to refer to them as residents. Anyway, overseeing residents' rights with, their, with regards to their care. Anyway, uh, it was not a shock for me to see that the supermajority of the residents there are... Shock, 
Trumbo, yes. And you know, sir. I want to interrupt you here, Janet, because here's what is so so mind-boggling and upsetting when you say that, right? The policies that would give them better care in these nursing homes, right, are policies progressives believe in, not the policies because Republican policies would get a private insurance company, I mean, a private insurance policy that's going to take care of you when it's when your time comes around. And what they don't tell you is that a private insurance companies, their sole purpose is to make a profit. So even your your care in your final years, in as much as you may have a policy that takes care of that, it would be based on well, we make a profit, so if we have to cut corners here and there when they're taking care of your parents. You know what's the best thing, you know, man? Uh, you know, back in, and, and I spoke about this in a few shows back, cultures. Um, you know, I, I spoke about what the individualistic nature of America has done to the family unit, what capitalism has done to the family unit. It has, uh, by thinking about the individuals, you you don't, you know, in, in other cultures, the old people live in the home with the, with the, uh, with the uh, younger family folk as they get old etc there's not a whole lot of nursing homes per se you know it, 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 that that wasn't the thought process the thought process is when one gets sick one is surrounded by the family etc now we just create a financial structure around illness it's a financial structure around family so that family only takes care of the good and the able-bodied folk and then if you get sick we throw you away to rot in some other place and uh, we've let the private you know what folks don't understand is how 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 this economic system slowly bleeds humanity slowly bleeds family this individualistic and randian form of being is slowly showing us how anti-family, anti-human we can be. I finish up there, Johnny, so I can, you know, I just noticed I didn't get my two peeps in, to, in the studio to, to have a word this morning. So I got to get that. So finish up so I can get to my brothers in the studio. Basically, what you're saying is our, our version of capitalism uh, encourages families to separate, not to have yes. homes like in Europe, in the old yes. country, my parents would say. And so, and here, and finally, the people with the horns, the best way to hide your horns is accuse others of having horns. Amen. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Welcome aboard, Paul Fleming and Jules Ray Winfield in the chat as well. Hey, uh, give me your commentary, uh, my dear brother, Howard. Oh, I was struggling with my headset. Uh, the, the horns weren't fitting just right. <laughs> You know, when you go to put on your headset, you bang your horns like, oh, mm-hmm. so I'm going to let uh, I'm going to let Jack take this one. Jack, talk to me. Yeah, I was re- I was real uh, pleased when you uh, mentioned Omar Torrios, you know, mm-hmm. uh, John Perkins, you know, had a little business dealings with him when he tried to sell him some loans that were designed to fail. And he confronted him and said that we have plenty of work here in Panama for your for your company. And if you will do work for the people, we will use your, we will use your contract. Yep. And he made money on that. But the idea was to embroil them in debt and then uh, have, be able to deal with them in any way. And yes, yes, the Supreme Court needs to be balanced. It is so far out of balance and making such bad decisions now. 
You know, there were three decisions on uh, that that made the court have so much power of of first giving power as the corporation as a person, and then saying money is free speech. Right. Okay. And that's what's got the court corrupted, and we've been uh, we've been putting in corrupt uh, people in the in the uh, places like Kavanaugh. You know, uh, I have opinion on that, but I'm not going to share it right now. But, you know, these these are things that we're, we're trying to wake the people up to. We're trying to say, hey, no, this is wrong and we need some balance. And, you know, President Biden, he works for the same people Trump did. Not 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 maybe all wholeheartedly, but he still has to toe the line. So. You know, uh, I, well, I brother Van Beber, the time is coming up, so I, I do appreciate your comment uh, commentary. Eric Hayes, I saw your commentary. Let me just say real, real quickly: we can't uh, 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 understand where my, I, I'm coming with the rich, rich folks now. I don't have the time to go further in detail there, so um, I will at some other time. I've been told here that I got one minute. So look, folks, thank you so kindly for having been here. Thank you for your wonderful calls. Thank you for your wonderful ears. We are here every day. Again, uh, all the stories that I weren't, wasn't able to play on the video, go to politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter, politicsdoneright.com slash newsletter. The two other videos, well, all the videos that I did or was supposed to do today is there. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right, and you guys know how i end this baby i am what out we spend a lot of time deconstructing the news trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand we try to find those little nitpicks where uh it goes it flies above the fray etc if you really like these videos that we do i want to ask a big favor please go ahead number one subscribe to our channel and number two please join if you can thank you so kindly for watching keep watching please remember to share we must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.